All right, Jay, what was your financial win of the week? Man, so, you know, we're always trying to save money. And the uh, the phone plans, I tried to explore some new phone plans. I got Mint Mobile, the one that's, man, what's his name? Ryan, uh, not Ryan Gosling. Holiday? No, the one who plays Deadpool. Oh, um, Ryan Reynolds. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, he owns he owns Mint now, I guess. Yeah, I have seen him in the commercials. Yep, that's true. <laughs> And so I tried it out and I tried it for three months because it was only $62 for like mm. a prepaid plan. You buy it in a chunk and it was not as great as I thought it was going to be because it was mm. really cheap, which was great. Um, but calls kept dropping and like in my apartment, I wasn't getting calls. People were telling me they're calling me and just wasn't going through. So I was like, you know, like it's, it's all right. It's cheap. You, you get what you pay for, which is fine. Um, if you don't really care too much about that, I say it's a solid option. It's really cheap. Um, but I did decide to go with, I went back to Verizon, but they do have prepaid plans. And so they have this option for five gigabytes, unlimited call and text. Cause like my average gigabyte use is like three or four gigs per month. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, that's all I need. But you know, when you go to the store, they try to upsell you and stuff. And, yep. um, which is cool. Cause she was like, oh yeah, you know, if you trade this phone in, then you get a new one for free and you get unlimited all this stuff. And she's like, and with your military discount, once that, once that applies, it will be like 65 bucks a month. And I was like, Hmm, okay. And and so I was thinking about it and I had to write it up side by side to see what it would look like. And I was like, all right, $65 a month for that with a new phone, even though there'll be a new one in like three months from now. Right. Right. And so then I looked at the prepaid plan. And what's cool about the prepaid at Verizon is you get $5 off for auto pay. And then after nine months, they take $10 off for just being a customer. So nine months from now, it will be $25 a month for five gigabytes. unlimited everything for me. Mm -hmm. And then so if I went that $65 plan, I calculated it up over two years um, because it's like a two-year contract. And it's like... I'll save like $1,400 if I just do my normal prepaid plan. Ooh. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do my prepaid plan and stick with my phone. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. So $25 a month, Verizon prepaid plan, nine okay. months from now. Right now, it's only $35. So, right. Yeah, it's still good. Much better experience than Mint Mobile. Yeah. So that's my win. What does it feel like to say, you know, can I get the military discount? Uh, like, have you thought about that yet? When you... <laughs> When does that yeah. start to kick into effect? Honestly, I think when I get like an official, when I get my orders or okay. something, because then I could show that as like proof. I right. Think. That's awesome. That's so, good. I've been good. thinking about that. I don't know. Like, yeah. when can I say I'm in? <laughs> Just show them your medal, man. That, the, the medal of honor you got in the email. Just like show them that. And then you're a veteran at that point. That's that. Um, yeah, that's a great phrase though. What's the, what's the military discount for this? Can you uh, repeat that please? Oh man. So that's cool. I like that one, but you get yeah, to play man. around with different things and yeah, I've heard of Mint Mobile, never experimented yet, but there's probably a lot of, uh, good things out there. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So got to keep yeah. experimenting for sure. Yeah. Try it out. What about you, man? So not as big of a win, I guess, but a little small kind of F you to, uh, to our alma mater. I love those. Eagle State, so that was nice. We just had our official graduation ceremony like about two weeks ago. 
That's ours right. Put off for COVID. So I was thinking uh, the real downside to, to doing the whole walking ceremony was you need the regalia, you need the DPT hat, you know, the doctoral TAM, I call it, the mm-hmm. hood, the gown, the tassel, all this stuff. And I was like, this is literally you know, me being the trying to be the minimalist, you know. I don't want to buy all these things literally for just a two hour ceremony and then not have any use for it again. So right. I tried emailing SDSU. I was like, is there any way to, to rent these things? And obviously they email back saying that, you know, you have to have the full outfit. You can't, you know, do piecemeal and there's no rental. So you have to buy the whole thing. And it's like $150 or something for this ridiculous outfit. So uh-huh. I'm like, okay, great. And so then I just go to the SDSU alumni or SDSU Facebook page that we have among all the different cohorts and post in the group. And Sam Stack uh, got back to me and said, Oh, I have, I could rent out, you know, my old uh, gown and all that for one day. And so uh, we worked it out and she's like, Oh yeah, like 30 bucks, just Venmo me. It'll be fine. So save like 120 bucks there. And I don't need to then worry about reselling it or the hassle of keeping it in storage somewhere else. So that was Dude, a small that's- all in that i think that's a huge win because yeah. that's the main reason i didn't go i was like i'm not blowing 150 bucks <laughs> on this thing i know dude. <laughs> uh, so that was that was good and it was it was nice to be like no that's just i'm gonna find a new way to do it i paid you enough money so it's good it's seriously that's huge especially what i like about that is like you use your connections you know yeah. super easy just like hey guys i'm doing this thing and mm-hmm. it just doesn't doesn't hurt to ask it doesn't it never hurts to ask that is for sure um, all right well with that over let's go into our two five solo episode jordan you ready to let this one off the chain yeah man let's do it yep we're gonna talk another financial episode today two five finances for you this one's gonna be about fees so in my example if i took that 120 bucks that i saved and put it into a, a low cost <laughs> index fund in like 30 years i'd have two billion dollars or something I don't know. You got to to stay tuned and listen to the episode to find out just how much money I would have made. Welcome to Two Five Physios, the podcast where Tyler Smith and Jordan Spradlin, two doctors of physical therapy, discuss their journey towards financial independence, self-development, PT research articles, and host in-depth interviews with physios in the field. And welcome back. You're listening to the Two Five Physios podcast. This is a Two Five solo episode. Me and Jordan breaking down another financial topic for you. Another major pillar of the financial independence, I guess, journey and lifestyle is understanding fees and compounding interest and the aggregation of marginal gains and the compounding effect, all these kind of things that words that get tossed out. So we're going to kind of break down one of the major ones in the realm of finance when it comes to investing and specifically active funds versus index funds, what the difference between the two are and why it might benefit you to be in more a passive index fund strategy for your long-term investments. And Jordan wrote a pretty good piece on this. We're going to talk about maybe some things that I've seen in the past that got me interested in it, um, specifically a YouTube video called How to Win the Loser's Game. came out back in like 2014, about an hour and 20 minutes long, but kind of first turned me on to the whole idea of, oh, maybe there's an easier way to do this and I don't need to go to graduate level education to be a certified financial advisor to even understand all of this 
kind of nuanced index fund investing. But how did you first come across it, Jordan? Or what have you found kind of useful along your journey so far? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, just to touch on that, like, it sounds so scary because it seems so complicated. And you have Mm -hmm. all these people talking about different things on TV and like one super confident about one version and the other version. So you feel the need to reach out to an expert. But the more that I've educated myself over the past two years, I feel perfectly fine doing all this on my own mm-hmm. um, and, and confident in like looking things up to find it, like just being an expert researcher. But my first time being exposed to it, I was, I was, I was on my way to my clinical in, uh, in Oceanside at the VA. And I was listening to audiobooks because it commutes like 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I stumbled upon the Simple Path to Wealth, a classic, like, yep. you know, uh, FI book. Uh, and that's when I first pretty much learned about financial independence and passive index fund investing. And that's where I was first introduced to it. And I was like, whoa. You know, it's, it's one of those moments where you first, you don't even know worlds exist. Like there's so many different worlds, you know, around. And this was one of those moments where I was like, oh, this is, this is a whole new like area that I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. So, nice. yeah. Nice, nice, nice. All right. So then what's the broad understanding in your mind of what an index fund is versus an actively managed fund, Jordan? Yeah. So like when, when, for when I was first like figuring out, I was like, how do you invest in stuff? You know, like, is that even, I know that's a thing to like build wealth. Like I had a general idea about that. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, how do you go about that? So um, one of the ways is like an index fund, which essentially is it's like a it's like a bucket. And then, you know, when you're a kid, you have a bunch of different tools that you throw in there, like your your shovel for the sand or your little car or anything like that. So like an index fund would be a bucket. And then you have like 20 different tools, which is like 20 different companies or something. And index funds nowadays can be up to like 1200 companies or 2000 up to that point. And, and it's just essentially a bucket that's passively managed. Um, and essentially that bucket tries to match the returns of the S and P 500 or the NASDAQ. So it doesn't necessarily try to beat the market, but it tries to match those returns. Uh, but I think the simplest thing is, is it's an index fund, it's super passive. You don't have to actively pick and choose stocks. You just buy this big bucket with already a bunch of companies in there. Absolutely. Compared to actively managed where you're hiring the quote unquote professional expertise of a you know, financial advisor to then try to beat the market, pick different stocks and, and bonds that might outperform what they believe the index can do. And so generally speaking, they have a higher um, expense ratio because of that. I guess, background and expertise. Although, as we can see in uh, one of the best highlighted um, Choose a Fi articles here, that's not always the case. So here, in a real example, there's a, a orange tabby type of cat named Orlando who beat a trio of seasoned financial professionals by just randomly picking um, high-performing investments. I don't know how they made the cat do this, probably just like putting a piece of food like around this plate of investments and then they uh, like that yeah see where the, where the cat would walk i guess and what it ate first but it outperformed yeah the cat outperformed three financial professionals over a year-long contest and warren buffett i know very famous uh, investor as well has made he placed a one million dollar bet against some of the most notable hedge fund managers that his index funds would be the, their speculative guesses and it was like a 10-year experiment kind of thing or 10-year bet and uh, after that 10 years the the passive index fund beat the 
hedge fund managers as well. So that it, he even said once he passes, like he wants 90% of his wealth to go into index funds. So mm-hmm. he's a huge proponent of this kind of same uh, low cost index fund as well. So if it could work for him, it could work for a lot of other people, I'm sure too. So yeah, that's, the- I remember that he was talking about his wife. Like he's like, you know, if I pass and my wife has control of all my assets, I just wanted to put it in index mm-hmm. funds and just let it ride. It's just more fun, but that's the only thing. It's like it's more fun to be on Robinhood and just like pack, you know, looking at the ticker stocks and trying to time the market and and do all that. So there's there's a certain amount of fun money that I I do think can be useful to just be like ah this is gambling money and just if you want to do the Robinhood thing and crypto and whatever else kind of speculative stocks you want to do, but I just wouldn't make that your uh, your real retirement strategy there. But yeah. Ty, didn't you just did you use some fun money for some <laughs> I did. fun things? I did. I bought. I bought. Finally, bought some uh, Ethereum, Bitcoin, and Dogecoin. So I'm officially in the crypto market now with Robinhood. So oh, I, I put like a hundred bucks total into it. So, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. I'll keep the uh, the podcast updated every every like two years if I'm a, <laughs> if I'm a crypto millionaire by then. But yeah, it's kind of fun. I have a, another buddy from high school who's always talking about his funds and stuff. So I was like, screw it. I'll, I'll, I'll invest a hundred fun money, hundred dollars of fun money into it to see. Yeah, but, man, that sounds great. I also love that confidence of Warren Buffett. I mean, like a million dollars to him is probably 10 bucks, but oh my gosh. Yeah. Just throw down a million dollar bet real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, but yeah, like, I guess the thing is with passive index fund investing is it is boring, but it's super easy because all you do is you just have to be consistent with investing every month or however often you can and just let it ride for years at a time. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully, uh, was it Jack Bogle, the creator of Vanguard yeah. Index Funds? He has this quote where he says, you know, when you, when you invest in these index funds, you just keep putting money away. You wake up 40 years later to look at your account and hopefully you don't have a heart attack because of how big it can turn out to be. Right. Um, how so, big it can be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, not, not how low, but like mm-hmm. how much it turns into. Right. Um, because you essentially just took your feelings and human components out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's how your money grows, because you're not constantly on there looking and changing out different stocks in and out. Because essentially, that's what actively managed funds do. Mm-hmm. And the evidence kind of shows that they're not actively managed funds mm-hmm. don't necessarily outperform index funds, especially for the majority of time. So Vanguard, they, um, they usually conduct a running study comparing index funds to actively managed funds. Uh, and for the past 10 years, actually, this the study ended December 31st, 2020. Mm-hmm. It's the most recent update. They looked at different type of funds, money market funds, bond funds, balance funds, um, and just stock funds in general, which include like BTSAX. And what they found was out of 100, uh, out of 223 total funds, 182 of those outperformed the actively managed funds. Mm-hmm. So a total of 81% of passively, uh, passively invested index funds outperformed those managers who are actively choosing buying and selling stocks over that. So if you're playing the odds, I would definitely just invest into the passive index funds. hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. I think um, it seems like a small amount, you know, when you say, Oh, there's a 2% fee, but 
humans generally speaking are terrible at a probabilities and b compounding interest and compounding effects in general so it looks like a small difference on paper but we're going to break into some examples right now and kind of explain the magnitude of the difference over time so i'll give one example and then if you want to break off into the i guess the military example that we had a, a guest on earlier in our mm -hmm. show we can do both of those so the first example was looking at vtsax so the vanguard total stock market index fund this is from the choose fi uh, blog looking over the vtsax for 30 years which has a 0.05% fee and comparing that to a 2% fee, which is typical for an advisor, which is usually broken down into 1% fund expense and a 1% advisor fee just to manage the portfolio. Um, in the example they gave, they started with the initial investment of $100,000 and then each month put an additional $1,000 into the, the pot for the investing. And so they're looking at over the course of 30 years, what would happen to these two different funds and they're assuming a 9% average return for both the VTSAX and the actively managed fund. And so with 100,000 as the initial investment, 1,000 invested each month over 30 years at a 9% average return, the person who invested with VTSAX at the 0.05% fee had only paid in fees $37,000 and the fund grew to a total of just under 3 million, so $2.9 million. And the person who invested with an advisor with 2% fees in fees paid $1.1 million and the fund grew to a total of $1.8 million. So that's a huge difference with just the 1.95% difference. It accounted for over $1.1 million over the course of 30 years. So that's, that's a like alarming amount when you think about having to pay a middleman to, to try to I guess, time the market when you could just do it yourself and kind of automate it um, completely. The difference there being, you know, over a million dollars difference. So, And that's wild. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so think about it. That's just so many years of retirement that yeah. you can fund like, for your life. Yeah. That's like an extra, whole extra cushy retirement as well, if you just factor that in. So, yeah. So like, yeah. I don't know, that's, that's tough. And so, yeah, let's, let's, let's give another example. We had Arlie on, um, is that our is that our third episode? It was one. It was of those early, early on. I don't know if it was that early, but it was definitely like our third, maybe our third uh, interview. Interview. Sure. Okay. Yeah. It was. It was early on when we had Arlie on. He was talking about uh, how he was investing with his family and his wife, and mm -hmm. and and he was talking about how they have a financial advisor. And at the time, uh, you know, we just we like to hear people where they're coming from, what they're doing, and not throwing too much at them. So what we did after is we sent him an email essentially comparing, we made some assumptions. Uh, I looked up some average uh, financial advisor fees in Kansas at the time and um, and just ran some numbers for him to kind of demonstrate to him what that would look like. So this is essentially the example um, mm -hmm. that we gave him uh, comparing just himself passively investing into the TSP, which he has access to, as opposed to having the financial advisor do that for him. So. To get down into the to the numbers, I found an average of 1.45% that the financial advisor charges mm -hmm. just to manage his money. And I think what's the what the crazy thing is is like that's what they charge. And then say he, the financial advisor, invested your money into uh into a fund, but those funds they all have expense ratios themselves. Mm. So usually 
your financial advisor, it would be ideal if you have one, if they did invest in a fund that was had very low expense ratios, but mm-hmm. sometimes they don't because maybe they get a little cut from that fund in particular. So essentially the total fees for the financial advisor scenario is 2.1. That's 1.45 for the financial advisor himself. And then he invested Arlie's money in a index fund that was 0.65% of the expense ratio itself. Now, if Arlie were to do all this himself, which really isn't that hard at all, you just choose the fund and the TSP. (laughs) You're like, this is what I want. That's it. It's 0.05%, which is very low. It's very comparable to VTSAX. So if you have access to a TSP, definitely invest in the C fund. That's my plan once Mm -hmm. I get in there. And if you started off investing $10,000, that's it. Just 10 grand. You put it right in there to the TSP. You let that grow for just 25 years. You're assuming an 8% return over each year. And each year you invest, you fully max out your 401k, which is 19,500 currently. So if you did all that after 25 years, if you did all that yourself and just invested in the TSP and automated it all, so it's super easy, you would come out with $1.6 million. And you would total have paid only $13,000 in fees for that if you did it all yourself. If you use that financial advisor who charges a total of 2.1%, you would come out with $1.2 million. And the fees that you paid over those 25 years would almost amount to $500,000. I'm just kind of rounding numbers. So Mm. that $500,000 where you that went into fees, that's if you're living on 50 grand a year, that's quite a few years in retirement mm-hmm. that you lost just for the comfort of saying, oh, you know, I'll just let someone else take care of it. Right. And you, you said can totally do it yourself. You said the C fund was 0.05, right? Percent? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's 0.05%. crazy. So $436,000 difference. Yeah. And I know it's hard, like, you know, hearing numbers over, over yeah, this, but um, yeah. so it's good to repeat it for sure. Yeah. And like, the, the the thing is, it is convenient to be, just let someone else take care of it. And, mm-hmm. and you're like, that's oh, not that bad. It's maybe one or 2% total, but in the, over the long run, which you should be investing over the long run, at least that's what we're proponents of, mm-hmm. then this is, this is a huge detriment to when you could retire and for how long your retirement will cover you when you're there. It's a big thing. It's a big, big thing. Yeah. It's a big thing to get right early on yeah <laughs> you don't want it. it's it's small but if you don't get it all right early then it can have a huge effect so yeah this is something to like first take care of and then worry about some of the other maybe smaller points but yeah i would, I would definitely focus on expense ratios to start fidelity and I mean, vanguard is not the only one that has this now kind of uh i like to call it like the race to the bottom so fidelity now has 0.0 percent expense ratios and uh no minimum vanguard usually has an admiralty share fee of like uh not fee but minimum of three thousand to start investing in vanguard they're via vtsax so uh, if you don't have that kind of money uh or look into fidelity there's no minimum required contribution and then they also have now 0.0 percent expense ratios so fidelity vanguard all good options we did crunch the numbers with a 0.05 percent versus a zero percent in over 25, 30 years, that wasn't massive, massive. It was like less than 10,000. So it's really a big difference when you're looking at over 1.5, you know, the 2% active versus the passive index. Those are the real big differences. But 
Um, if you were just starting out, I would recommend Fidelity. Anything with the zero expense percent expense ratio would be a good option. But Vanguard's always a good fallback too. Yeah, easily. And you know, when you're investing, sometimes it's hard if you have a bunch of different accounts places. So like if you mm-hmm. have a, if you already set up a Vanguard and you're considering, ah oh, man, should I go to Fidelity? They have zero percent yeah. expense ratios. That's a personal decision for me. Ten grand, twenty five years from now, mm-hmm. probably not. Probably not. I think right. I'm just gonna keep everything in Vanguard right now, and uh, and keep going. But if it does dramatically change, then yeah, I you would definitely buy, make the switch. You could buy a lot of Mint Mobile with ten grand, Jordan. I don't know. That's like <laughs> that's endless supply of, of cell phone fee. Mint Mobile for life. Mint Mobile for life. You could be a. <laughs> A minority stock investor with Mint Mobile with 10K, probably. You could be <laughs> Ryan Reynolds' best buddy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, man. Oh my goodness. I know it was it was bad because like sometimes I'm just driving and you know how reliant we are on maps now. Yeah. It just cuts out I'm like, okay. <laughs> you gotta get <laughs> good at old school navigation. Yeah. Let's see where this road takes me. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, man. Well, being in the military, you're probably gonna have to learn learn how to use a compass and all that stuff anyway for boot camp. So I am, I think that's like the first or second week. Yeah. Like, all navigation. Right, there's these, yeah. There's these couple sticks in the ground. Go find it. <laughs> use this map to figure it out. Yeah. I cannot wait to hear your stories on the podcast about how everything's going. So oh, man. that's going to be awesome. Cool. Anything else you want to wrap up with the fees on the uh, FI journey here, Jordan? Oh man, that's it. I mean, general advice, find the lowest fees possible. And honestly, you're more than capable of doing this yourself. And I know it's a little scary to get involved in all this, but just do the research. I would definitely start off with the simple path to wealth by, um, was it jail Collins? Jail Collins. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that's a great, great resource to at least get introduced to things. Just kind of open my mind up to a whole different way of thinking about investing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's easy. Like it's so easy. <laughs> you know, like, right. It doesn't take a lot of your time at all and as it because the life's life life is busy so just start off with something that has the lowest funds and just stick with it and don't think about it mm-hmm. and if you're not a big book kind of person i would encourage you to be but if that's not your thing i would also recommend the youtube documentary quote how to win the losers game there's a full version online for free it's about an hour and 20 minutes kind of the intro about comparing active and passive over the course of time and why one is a a pretty good option over the other. So you can check that YouTube video out as well. Um, but yeah, the jail Collins book is a, a good starting point as well. So sweet. How can they hear from, uh, other stuff we're doing? Jordan, is there a website? Is there a way to contact us? All that good stuff. You can call Tyler at his personal number. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now taking home visits and home calls yeah, for personal financial advice. <laughs> no, give us, give us a shout at two, uh, at info at two five physios.com. Love to hear from you guys. Awesome. That is it. Thanks for listening. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening to the two five physios podcast, where we bring the fire mindset to the physio lifestyle.